0: Good morning, this is Make a Difference Mama with Cindy Stalnecker. I'm going to tell you a little bit about a verse today that means a lot to me and I hope that you can apply it to your life. It came up a few weeks ago in Sunday School and someone was trying to remember this particular verse and where it was found. And I knew exactly what she was talking about. And I said, oh, that's Exodus 14, 14. And everybody's like, oh, Cindy's showing off. And it wasn't like that. It was just because this particular verse had a very special meaning for me. So uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Exodus 14. And I'm going to read the whole chapter to you today. But we're going to stop and talk a little bit about it along the way. Verse 1, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Haroth, between Migdol and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite Baal-Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Now, what I want to point out about this verse is that this is God's plan. And he's telling his plan to Moses. And he, the whole point of his plan is for God to gain the glory. Now he's going to use Pharaoh and his army, but he also says the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So that's a lot of times what God does Is He doesn't necessarily tell us his plan, but he has a plan. And his plans always include him gaining the glory. So let's continue in verse 5. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots, along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers all over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaohs, horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi-Hiroth opposite Baal-Zephon. So, uh, look here in verse (laughs) 9. It says... After telling that the Egyptians were coming to get them, it says the Egyptians pursued the Israelites and overtook them. Hmm. Could be kind of scary there. (laughs) Keep reading in verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified. Yep, I would be too, and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because... There were no graves in Egypt that you brought us in to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. First of all, <laughs> is that even what happened in Egypt? No, of course not. The Israelites cried out to God for mercy, for help, for deliverance. And they cried out to Moses. They cried out to everyone. They did not want to stay in Egypt. How quickly we forget. When things don't go our way. What actually happened in the past. (laughs) But. uh, Verse 10. It does say they were terrified. And they cried out to the Lord. So. I'm glad there are examples in here. Of people being terrified. And crying out to the Lord. Because that's exactly what we're supposed to do. So. Let's continue with verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. That's the verse we're going to focus on right there. But first of all, Moses tells them what? Don't be afraid. The Bible tells us that many times. And then he says, stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. Don't waffle, don't lay down and have a fit, just stand firm. And then he says very clearly, the Egyptians you see today, you won't see again. You won't have a problem with these particular Egyptians again. And then, key verse, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to carry your weapon, march around the city. Nope, be still. I don't know about you, but that's kind of hard for me. Let's keep reading here in verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of, the, of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other. So neither went near the other all night long. So God had a plan. He's sticking to his plan, but while the plan is being carried out, the angels of God are protecting the Israelites. So it said the angel of God who'd been traveling in front went behind between the Israelites and the Egyptians and so did the cloud. So the Egyptians couldn't see the Israelites. It kept them where they were until God was ready for them to pursue. So let's keep reading here in verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud, At the Egyptian army. And threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off. So that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said. Let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. So exactly what God said would happen. Is happening. They know that it's God. That's doing this. And so they are actually wanting. To get away from the Israelites. Now. Moses had a job to do didn't he. He stretched out his water. Now, this was not a sea of reeds where they walked over marshy water. He actually raised his hand, and the Lord drove the sea back with the east wind and turned it into dry land, and the waters were divided. So they had walls of water on their right and on their left. Hmm, pretty cool. Alright, let's keep reading here. Twenty-six. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the great power of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, their his servant. So that last paragraph, there's kind of a recap of everything that happened. And it's just making sure that you understand The Israelites saw the great power that the Lord displayed. And it said that people feared the Lord, but also what? Put their trust in Moses, his servant. I find that interesting because uh, sometimes we need people down here that we know are God's servants to put our trust in, right? Now, the reason... I read you this whole chapter was to put in perspective verse 14 uh, because it says the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. But it's important to know all the stories surrounding that. God wanted it to be unmistakable that he was the one saving the Israelites. They did nothing on their own. They were just walking basically, right? <laughs> so uh, there was a time in my life, and I told you before that I was a, a homeschool co-op uh, co-director, and we had, I don't know, we, over the 12 years, we started with 30 families. We went all the way up to 125 families. So, you're talking about, you know, 125 mamas that, that meet with me every Monday, and about 400 450 people every Monday that come together. And and I hate to say it, ladies, but sometimes women don't always work well together, right? So I'm not going to tell you any of the specifics because it really doesn't matter. But let me just say that uh, there were some things being said about me and the job that I was doing in co-op that were not true. They were not right. They were not brought to me to be discussed. They were aired out in front of uh, my peers. Um, someone even... Uh, wrote a letter to my pastor. And you're talking about a church that I have been to since the fifth grade. My grandmother goes there. My parents go there. I was married there. These people all know me. So I was mortified, embarrassed. And first of all, it wasn't true. And I thought everyone was talking about me. Now I knew the other ladies were basically having conversations about this everywhere they went. The soccer field, Um, when they met up with other moms at McDonald's, I would hear all kinds of stories about them talking. And I wanted to get on the phone and tell my side. But God very, very clearly told me, gave me this verse, that I needed to be still and let him handle it. Sometimes the devil, he knows our weaknesses, and he will definitely use that to hurt us. But sometimes the devil uses our strengths to twist around and do his work. And that sometimes happens with women. Women are usually good communicators. And so what happens if good communication is taken to the wrong extreme? We become uh, gossipers and uh, we don't always tell the truth. So that was what is happening. So as women, we need to be sure that if communication is our skill, that we're using that to communicate positive things like the Bible tells us and to help people. Now, all this eventually in my life had a positive outcome. People knew the truth. I didn't have to get up, uh, wave some signs, and call people and tell them what was going on. Uh, My church knew me, and they trusted me, and my friends knew me and eventually co-op grew and got stronger and was blessed because in part I did not go around wailing and yelling and telling my point of view I let the Lord sort it out so my question to you is this is there something in your life right now where you need to be still and let the Lord fight for you being still and quiet's not really my gift. <laughs> uh, can you feel me? So sometimes I have to be still and quiet in my marriage, with my children, in my job. And there is one thing that you do while you are still and quiet. You pray. There's a lot of praying going on. But it is important to sometimes know when to be quiet And let the Lord fight for you.